This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. All right, I want to welcome Sarah Kaplan, who's a professor of strategic management at the Rotman School at the University of Toronto. She's also a fellow here at Wharton and a former Wharton professor. Uh, welcome back, Sarah. Thank, thank you so much. It's uh, great to be on this podcast. Uh, you're doing some really interesting work in the area of innovation. Uh, could you give us a succinct summary of your research and, and your latest paper? Terrific. Um, so I have been conducting research since the time I was at Wharton and uh, through uh, the time that I'm now uh, at the University of Toronto on innovation, specifically as looked at through patenting uh, of uh, technological innovations. I published a paper recently with a former doctoral student at the Rotman School, Kayvon Vakili, who's now at the London Business School, called The Double-Edged Sword of Recombination in Breakthrough Innovation. And so I want to tell you a little bit about the double-edged sword that we found. Um, Basically, in research on innovation, there has been an idea that breakthrough innovations, those with the highest impact, are ones that are produced through combination, what we call recombination or combination processes of distant and diverse knowledge. And what we found in this study was, in fact, that there that that is only one creative process and that there are other creative processes that contribute to breakthrough innovation. Uh, specifically, we found that different types of, of creativity contribute to the, the novelty in the knowledge space, how, uh, you know, how novel the idea is relative to the economic value that is created. In the study, we examined patents in the sphere of nanotechnology because it's an emerging and exciting new field with lots of breakthrough ideas over about 20 years, and found few patents that were both novel in terms of knowledge and also high impact in terms of economic value, Uh, but that those patents that were both, that were both novel and had economic value, were the most valuable. And that was only about 1% of the total patents. So it's very rare to have a breakthrough in knowledge and a breakthrough in economic value, but when you have that, you get the highest impact patents. What are the key takeaways of your research for practitioners? So for practitioners, I think the important thing is to remember that not all creativity happens through combination processes. That we, we have this idea out in the world that, you know, diverse teams bringing distant and diverse knowledge together is the way to get creative insights. And that's certainly true. However, what we discovered is that there's an equally important process of the deep dive, of deep knowledge in one domain. And so if you only are designing your R&D processes or your new product development processes around that kind of diversity of ideas and combination, uh, you may be in trouble because you don't have the deep knowledge you need. And, and this relates, for example, to the idea that of brainstorming. Everyone thinks we're going to solve a creative problem by coming together and brainstorming. What this would say is brainstorming is not enough without the deep knowledge development that you would need in a particular domain to understand really what the issues are so that you can break away from existing ways of thinking. Which, if any of your conclusions, surprised you? 
Well, I, I, this study was actually quite surprising, and we found something that we did not expect to find at all. So prior studies of innovation, in particular studies that look at patenting of scientific uh, inventions, have really only focused on measuring breakthrough innovations according to uh, measures of economic value. And for uh, in the patent world, a measure of economic value is how many times it then gets cited by other patents as prior art. What that means is anytime you go to get a patent in the patent office, you are required to list prior patents that were essential to the development of your ideas. And the more times your patent gets listed as a prior patent that is essential to the development of ideas, the more valuable that patent is. And so in the field of innovation studies, we tend to measure breakthrough innovation as those patents that get many, many citations from subsequent patents saying that it's really a foundational idea. Um, and so that is the way historically that the field has always measured innovation. We uh, actually developed, used a computer science method called topic modeling to look at the text of the patents themselves, to understand the language in the patents so that we could see when there were shifts in language that would allow us to understand when new novel ideas are being developed, so that when the language really changes based on this uh, methodology, we are able to say that's a breakthrough idea because it's really talking about the domain in a fundamentally different way. And so what we did in this study is introduce this alternative measure of breakthrough that focused on knowledge breakthroughs as opposed to on just the economic value as measured by the number of times a patent would be cited. And um, that what's interesting about that is that prior studies had always assumed that if you got a high level of citations, it was because the idea was very novel. And so they just said, because the idea is novel, it gets more citations, and therefore it's a breakthrough innovation. What we found in our study is, in fact, that most of the patents that do get highly cited are not necessarily novel truly novel from a language standpoint, from a knowledge standpoint. That is, they're not breaking new ground in the knowledge space. And so we've, we break down the set of assumptions that people have made before that novelty automatically leads to high levels of citations. And by doing that, we're able to then show that there are different creative processes that lead to novelty than those that lead to generating citations. And so that, that's really the surprising part for me was finding out that the assumptions that the field had been making up until now about the direct connection between novelty and citations were not as uh, neatly linked as people had assumed. So specifically, what are some of the practical implications of your findings for business? So when we think about any organization that is trying to promote innovation, it's typically been recommended that you try to create processes that bring together distant and diverse knowledge. So we hear lots and lots of research about um, diverse teams, you know, bringing marketing and R&D and engineering and all the different groups together to generate innovation. And while that is clearly very important, what we are finding from this research is that you also need different processes that allow you to do the deep dive into one knowledge space. So if we're thinking about an R&D organization, that means really valuing the R part of R&D, the research part that says, we're going to really delve deeply into an area before we even know specifically what the product might be 
or the or, or, or the service might be because we have to understand the area deeply enough in order to be able to identify the key problems, challenges, or anomalies in the field. And then once you have those insights coming together in this process of combining different ideas, makes a lot of sense. But if you just go straight for combination and diverse teams, you may be missing out on the highest impact ideas because you haven't done what I consider to be the pre-work, which allows you to have that in-depth insight um, into, into innovation. And this really connects to a misperception that's been held out there both in organizations, in the public, and in the media about how creativity is always about, you know, brainstorming or diverse teams and the like. But um, what we're finding is that you really also need uh, this deep dive information to get the most novel ideas. And this connects to an idea uh, for people who've read um, Kuhn's work on scientific paradigms, where he talks about changes in paradigms, breaks in paradigms, really require this deep dive, a creative process. And so what we've been able to do in this study is contrast the creativity process around combination with the creativity process around a deep dive in knowledge. What would you say sets your research apart from other analysis on this topic? I think there are two things that set the research apart from other analysis. One is the methodology. So I mentioned that we used a computer science technique called topic modeling. Topic modeling is a technique that was developed really to improve search algorithms in, you know, when, for example, we're going to a search engine and we want to put, you know, we put a term in and we get search findings. And it was developed to help us improve those search results that we're getting the results that we want. Um, We then took that technique and said, you know, what topic modeling is really about is it takes what they call a bag of words, a, a body of text, and in the case of our study, the body of text were the texts of the patents that we were looking at. And it infers from that body of text, by the co-location of all the different words, what are the key underlying topics in the data. And this is interesting because most of the time in the social sciences, when we want to categorize themes or topics, we come up as analysts with the topics, and then we look at the text or we look at the products, or we look at whatever it is, and we do the categorizing ourselves. What's nice about this computer science technique is it allows the words to speak for themselves and tells us what the categories are without us having to impose our own frames of reference on the data. And so we then identified the topics that were in the body of text of the patents that we studied and could identify which patent was the source patent of the new topics. So as topics emerged in the field, nanotechnology is evolving over time, new topics, new breakthrough ideas are emerging, we can see which patent it is that is the actual source of that idea. And so that's really methodologically an an important um, uh, contribution. It's the first paper in the social sciences that has taken topic modeling and used it in a statistical regression analysis of the kind that we are doing. And it's part of a vanguard of scholars who are now beginning to use these computer science techniques to analyze texts and understand social science phenomena in new ways. And so that's really a methodological contribution. The other contribution is theoretical, which is 
that we've gone back to the creativity research and found that there's really two schools of thought in creativity research. One school of thought is what we call the tension view. And that's the view that in order to get creative ideas, we have to break from our current way of thinking, and therefore we need diverse ideas, we need different ways of thinking, we need to combine or, in the language of the field, recombine ideas from all sorts of different domains in order to break us out of our current mental models. And so all of the theories around combination and diversity have really been based on this tension view, which says that new knowledge is in tension with old knowledge. But there's another view of creativity, if you go back to the psychology literature, called the foundational view. And the foundational view says, no, what you have to do is go deep into one domain in order to see the anomalies. And it's only when you do that that you can really break out of the existing way of thinking. And so the other contribution of this paper is to go back to that those insights from psychology and creativity and say, wait a minute, we've forgotten about the other half of the creative process. We've spent all of our time focused on combination and diversity and less time focused on what the deep dive into existing fields can really help us produce in terms of breakthrough ideas. So um, having done all this, what are, you, what are you planning to look at next? How will you follow up? Um, so, so my co-author on this project, Kevon Vakili, and I have a follow-up project that is now looking at what specific recommendations we might be able to make to organizations about how specifically to design their innovation processes. So it's looking at the organizational design for innovation. It's going to look at the team structures so that we can understand which types of team structures do you need a combination of experienced and less experienced uh, scholars. Do you need researchers in different domains? So we're going to look at the team structure, and we're also going to compare different technological domains because nanotechnology, in particular the specific area of nanotechnology we've looked at, is more of a chemistry-based type of innovation process. So we're going to compare that process to a more engineering innovation process, like looking at MRI machines that are used for imaging uh, and comparing that to stem cells, which is a more of a biological innovation process. So we're going to look at different domains where different creative processes might be at play, and then understand what types of team structures are best at producing the breakthrough novel ideas, the, the, the ideas that can be highly cited, and then the magic 1% that are both novel and the most highly cited out there. And we're really going to focus on that magic 1% where, that are both breakthrough ideas and are able to achieve the, mo- the, the highest citations, which is a way of measuring economic value. So we've got a whole project that will get deeper into those specific organizational uh, recommendations. Uh, so that is one uh, project that I'm doing as a follow-on to this research. Well, it's really interesting stuff. Uh, you'll have to come back and tell us about what you find in your, in your next level of research. Thank you. Thank you. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.